there. Thanks for watching or you're listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast, episode 134. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes and Spotify, thank you very, very much. And if you can give us a review, it helps get us pushed up charts. I don't know how all this stuff works. I'm clueless with all these, whatever they call them, logarithms, whatever it's called anyway. I haven't got a clue. I'm Steve Lillis, as you know, with me always, John Evans. I should be saying, welcome to one of our regular guests, a man that no, needs no introduction. There should be a drum roll, and it should be John Pegg. But he's stuck in traffic, and literally, he's come off the bench in the 96th minute, the chief of VIP, Steve Wood. Woody, we only usually have you on summer, Christmas, and Easter, and the odd sub appearance. Tonight was a last, a last gasp one. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, mate. I could have been at home having my tea, but I'm staying at the office and uh, no no prep or anything. Don't know what we're talking about, but I'm suppo- suppose you'll get some good bullshit that, that, that we uh, <laughs> like to hear. And, on the, and we're, uh, not, we're not going to upset any of your mates this week, Woody, either. I'm going to go into them if we've got to do. Let's get on with it, yeah. Right, anyway, I'll tell you what, there's only one place to start for the start, middle and end, I think, this week. It was... Saudi Arabia, which was just the whole week thing nuts. I had no idea all these superstars are going to be wheeled out and undoubtedly paid and saying how great Saudi Arabia are and the bloke who was running it, who runs, who owns that club bottom of the league around Maria. Um, incredible week out there. Um, it's one of those things you almost wished you was around the event to see how it, how it was all, all round and organised. It seems. Phenomenal production, looked phenomenal, everything about it. And then we had one of the maddest 10 rounders ever, something nobody ever predicted. John, I know you never predicted it, but but what you did ask me earlier on was, was Nungano the best debut ever? Is that, yeah, is that the best professional boxing debut ever? Not very done 10 rounds, is there? <laughs> 10 rounds for a start against the number one heavyweight in the world. And he didn't just survive. I thought he won, actually. I, I know there seems to be a lot of boxing people saying, I've watched it without commentary and Fury won. But if you ask me at the end of that fight who I thought won, I thought Ngarni won. Mm. And I, I was going to talk about Fury being bad. But do you know what? I, I think Ngarni deserves, deserves more credit for what he did. Because that was that was phenomenal. He, he didn't make a single mistake. He, he held his shape. He was the more powerful puncher. He had the game plan. Fury looked completely lost. Uh, and I don't know. Well done, Francis Ngannou, because I don't think we'll see the likes of that ever again. No, unlikely to. But what we were, we were talking last week, John, was this the end of, it would be the end of these crossover matches. I think it's going to be the start of a new start, generation man. of it. You know what? I thought he won it. And I think a lot of people who were saying, oh, Fury and shit, but it, it was no robbery there. The people trying to defend boxing. That's how I yeah. see it. I think there was only, it was close, but it was only one winner for me at the end. And that was Ungano. He was fantastic. The thing you touched on there, John, was how he kept his shape for 10 rounds. Because yeah. <laughs> usually you see these guys doing it. They, you know, they, they've been disciplined. It's been drilled into them. But after two rounds, they're everywhere. The feet are everywhere. The hands are everywhere. The balance is everywhere. But he kept it going throughout. It was incredible. What did you think of it, Steve? Well, I didn't score it because I just didn't expect it to go more than three or four rounds. So uh, 
I just just can't say who I thought won. It was certainly a close fight. Um, I'd have to watch it again with my pen in, in the hand and, you know, try, try and do that. But like you say, great credit to him. And what I would say is what a chin he had because um, he took he took at least three full-blown shots off him, including one which was like a, an elbow smash, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, he never, never moved. It was like he was made of stone. Um, so, no, uh, like you say... I think he's only ever done four rounds. Is it all five in that MMA? And at 37 year old to turn into boxing and do 10 rounds against the lineal heavyweight champion of the world is unbelievable. I mean, I obviously think that Tyson has took it very, very likely. Uh, likely, sorry. He uh, was out of shape. He's, he's never in good shape, but his love handles were wobbling all over more than, than ever before. And... Uh, Obviously, once he realised he was in a fight and he tried to, to up his game, he, he just couldn't do so. I think it just shows you the, the, the fact that you have got to take every fight serious because um, things like this can happen. Oh, it's, it, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Carrying those muscles around for 10 rounds, having never done it before, I thought he's, he's destined to tire after four rounds here, five rounds, and he just kept going yeah. and going and going. You know I, I just thought, and after four rounds, he went back to his corner and his mouth was open. And I thought, here we go. Now Titan in the fifth round. Yeah. Titan had a really good fifth round. And I thought, he's just going to take over and dominate now, Titan. He's got, he's got, he's got, he's got it going. He's, he's fathomed him out. And that's it. But the fact Titan tried to take his head off with the first punch of the fight that missed from here to London um, sells you all. Oh, it, it was it was unbelievable, and uh, something else he deserves credit for is the way he held his nerve all week. You know that there was a lot of attention. You know, I saw some of Fury's team moaning at how much press he had to do, and maybe that affected him. But Angano had to do the same amount of yeah. rubbish they had to go through, and he had also the added pressure of never having boxed against the best in the world, and he, he held himself together brilliant. It was it was great to watch. The the media, the media side of it. That... You've been at the big fight weeks, John, around the world. And I've been lucky enough to be to a lot of them. The media stuff is relentless fight week. Yeah. Until the Thursday afternoon, it's relentless. And then you get the Friday where it calms down. So it's, it's nothing charged. Yeah. It's not experienced before the media purpose. But yeah. well, this this Friday night, he didn't calm down, did he? He had that dinner with... Uh... Well, don't go. They should be going yeah. to these dinners. I know they're getting paid a lot of money, but you know, Ungarnu was there as well. But it was all everyone on the bill was there. You, you, if I was a trainer, you wouldn't want your fighter out mixing with all these celebrities night before a fight. But if they've yeah. they've, got, they've got all the money, they're paying it. Yeah, I'm guessing they were contracted to. Well, they were all heavyweights as well, weren't they? It might have been different if there'd been a featherweight on the bill who had to get the weight back on. Yeah. But also with it, um, you know, I just think for Tyson there, could it affect him mentally, the performance? Because it's not like a footballer in a, in a world... Because they isn't like Messi in a World Cup final having a terrible game. It's a team sport. You know, he's got his teammates. He's got to perform like that in front of what's, what's above boxing royalty. And, you know... People, he, you know, he talks of wanting to emulate. Like Larry Holmes was sitting there laughing at it at one stage. Mm. Well, I suppose you can look at it t t two ways, can't you? But I think Tyson uh, 
will have learned from that. And there was people like saying, as he got old, old when I, I just think he, he took it as a bit of a joke. Like, to be fair, I did and, and a lot of other people did as well and just expected it'd be an easy night's work. So I think he'll go away from that, realise he, he, he got it all wrong and uh, he needs to get it right for the next fight. So he, he could spur him on a little bit more. So he could go the other way than, than what you're saying. He could go down and like uh, affect him. I don't think he's the sort of person that that, that things like this would affect him, him mentally. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like when he's been put on his ass before by Wilder and Steve Cunningham and that guy at the Trafford Centre. Do you remember that? Yeah, the, the um, yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah. Third round, he got drunk and his brother tried to get in the ring to have a fight with a bloke who floored him. Yeah, it went crazy. But he's always got up and and beat them up or knocked them out. So it's not probably not really had much of an effect on him. But this time he got put on his ass and a novice pretty much beat him. And I wonder how he'll react from that with the embarrassment of it all. You know, yeah. The best thing he could do is get straight back in the gym and get back fighting. But it doesn't sound like he's going to do that, does it? No. It sounds like he's going to have three or four months off. Well, Frank Warren suggesting as late as February now for the USIC, whereas we'd already, we was already booking our space to watch it and a front room on the 23rd of December. But yeah. um, obviously there's a delay to that. But you know what? That fight the other night, isn't that, you know, people talk about how much damage it's done for boxing. Okay, it's made it a bit of a laughing stock and an embarrassment. But that performance the other night isn't going to hurt ticket sales anywhere. And it's certainly not going to hurt the pay-per-view sales when he does fight Alexander Rusev for all of the belts. Because more people are going to want to tune in. You know, what, is he shot? Was it just a bad performance, as Steve says, where he never prepared right? I don't think, you know, the damage it did to boxing, it just more made people more have a laugh of it at it more than anything. Listen, he'll be all right when his paycheck lands next week or something like that. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. But the, the great thing from it, and I watched it, I mean, I must say that I didn't like the, the 20 minutes wrapping all before before the big fight, you know. Uh, I thought that, that was terrible. But, you know, it's a different audience, I presume, and surprised the Saudis like things like that. But um, what, what I'd like to say is that, you know, the money they, they put into this, the undercard is getting the likes of um, Bacoli out, who, who's not been able to get out. So he, he'll have had a good payday. The Wardley, um, a day, the British mm -hmm. title fight, a massive big first bid, uh, or sorry, not a big first bid, um, agreement they come with, and uh, like Jack McCann's been struggling to get out, he got out, so it's absolutely been brilliant for, for British boxing. And like Frank Warren looking 10 years younger, isn't he? And happier, and uh, you know, the money that's that's going in, uh, it's fantastic for British boxing. And you look that they built those stadiums, or whatever they were, you know, look like massive big hotel rooms, didn't they? Uh, within three months, you know, cost them a lot, a lot of money. And it's great that they're, they're doing it in boxing. And, you know, the only thing I can see maybe problems down the line is that these lads are going to earn that much money on these Saudi shows that they'll just wait for those Saudi shows rather than have a, a, a fight on a, on a normal thing. And, you know, look look at AJ, you know, what's he going to fight for now instead of what he was going to fight for? Um, it, it's going to affect us a bit that way, but... Um, Fantastic that all those lads got out on the undercard to it as well and all got well paid. Fantastic point, that Steve, about I'm all waiting for this Saudi money while it's there. It's almost like, not, you know, when the PBC started up, everyone was only fighting once, twice a year because there was so much dough there. Do you remember, John? 
Yeah, that, that's what's going to happen again, isn't it? I think we're already seeing it with the heavyweights. And if more of these MMA guys start called, like some of the UFC champions have been calling out boxers for a few, a few months now, haven't they? If they see a way in and you might get someone like Tank Davis, who's probably a prime example, will only fight once a year against one of these guys. And that'd be for the worst case scenario, wouldn't it? But yeah, I, I went out watching my derby yesterday in the, in the local and people came up to me talking about the boxing. Yeah. Phenomenal. People everyone. People came up to me talking about Jack Catterall beating Linares. And not one of them said, oh, and Garnu beat him, Fury's crap. They all said, well, Fury won anyway, didn't he? Fury won, Fury won. It, it, it just didn't seem to have affected them whatsoever. It didn't seem to have bothered them. It was just a fight That's that right. Fury won. And they were talking about it. And so true. Yeah, Pete, as they people, my Facebook was full of it, non-boxing people were they talking about it. But just one thing, Steve, that's quite serious. I need to pick you up on there. You moaned about the music. You have Michael Parr singing Elvis songs. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> you, don't get, you don't get him 20 minutes before the main event, mate. That's like a warm-up before they all come in and get going. But no, Paso's the best, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, he's that. a king, mate. We had him in whack that 20... When he did his little 10-minute stint in Wakefield a few months ago, superb. We need him doing that, you know, doing a little hip swivel and singing Burning Love before every main event. Yeah. If you get there, if you get there early enough, he'll sing you the chocolate adverts as well. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson Hume's going to be doing the DJ. Yeah, we're going up to another level as well. We're not going to Saudi's level. We, we, we're surpassing that with ease. Yeah, Jackson Hume's going to DJ, John play his ring music, and then run and do his ring entrance. Because he's now the VIP DJ. He's going to do that platform 2nd of December, which the show will touch on before we finish. But just moving on, because Steve, Steve's got to get home for his dinner here, John. Fabio Wardley, um, you want to talk about him getting the respect he deserves, I think. Yeah, he was brilliant, wasn't he? You know, when the fight first got announced, I had a bit of a feeling for Adelaide, but last week when we were talking, I'd started switching to Wardley. But he just dominated him, didn't he? Yeah. I, I yeah. thought he handled himself brilliant through it, dominated the fight, beat him down, and just looked a level above British level. Yeah. Adelaide had little spells, but they were very small ones, wasn't they? You know, like five, ten seconds burst, and then he adjusted and just took over straight away. He was never affected by it. I thought he was super composed and... Yeah. Uh, Broke, broke him down as, as as good as you could have expected anyone to do. Like you say, uh, it gets you uh, excited about what level you can get to because at one stage he's thinking that uh, British was his ceiling. But after that performance on uh, Saturday night, I think he can go a bit more. That's right. You know what? He had a half, was it four or five unlicensed fights? But when I, you hear him speak, he's grounded, he's calm. And you in the ring, you know, he's obviously a decent man. He can punch, he's got a bit of movement. It's just hard to believe that he had no amateur background or any how he just picked it up. And I don't know whether he's going to sign with Frank Warren now. I've no idea. I mean, his rumours, he is who I think, did I see somewhere he might have been on a fight by fight deal with Matt True? I'm not sure. But um, you look at it now, Frank Warren there, he's now, he's, he's signed Solomon Dakbrays, I think today's been announced, the English champion. It's almost like Don King in the 80s. He's just concentrating on the heavyweight division. Almost like, you know, when Barry Hearn was dominating the super middleweights and then Frank. It's um, it's mad. Yeah, I saw yeah, Ben Davidson today saying he thinks they're going to match him with Joseph Parker. 
on Furiusic. I, 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 I don't think he, he wasn't talking officially. He said, I, I just get the feeling that's what they're aiming towards. But well, he, he deserves it. Warnley deserves yeah, it. Of course he does. And you know what? That's, that's a great fight for him. Someone who's still in that world top 10, still, you know, has had a couple good wins since the Joe Joyce lost, you know, a high, you know, a, a highlight knockout the other night. And, and it's funny, Joe, our Joseph Parker's still in demand, but people like Zhang and Bacoli, well, they've been on these big shows, they're almost like what Joe Joyce was before he gets beat. You wonder if their chance is ever going to come. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have to fancy Wardley against Parker, wouldn't you? I do, yeah, you would. Mm. Big would you test, isn't it? But if he gets through six, you fancy him. Yeah, I fancy him to beat. I'm with Steve. I fancy him to beat him hands down. I'd, I'd go I'd go quite big on Warren. I'm, I'm big on Warren. I mean, I get plenty wrong, but as I said last week on here, I was I was in no doubt about the outcome of the fight against Adelaide. And that's not me saying I told you so, because I get so many wrong. I never got one wrong as much as I did with Fury the other night. <laughs> what do you think, Steve of Bacoli, before we move on? Pop. He's obviously better than what I think of him. I missed the fight. I think he must have been on really early on uh, Saturday yeah. night. I hoping I didn't get back till a bit later, but uh, I missed that fight. But you know, to to put Takam away as, as early as he did do, yeah, you've got to give him some credit. And maybe Billy Nelson's right. What he's saying about him, he's just that you know when I've watched him, I've not really been that hot on him. But you know. Uh, he certainly deserves a ch- chance, and him and Zhang would be a great fight, wouldn't it? And oh, that would be the fight, wouldn't it? Over there, they could probably do it, yeah. That's a great fight, isn't it? John Zhang and Bacoli. Yeah, Zhang deserves something bigger bigger and easier than that, I think, than Martin Bacoli. But well, it'd be well, a great fight, but I think Zhang deserves something something a bit bigger than that. When I first well, saw him on the scale, though, I thought he'd been on too many of them deep-fried Mars bars and deep fried pizzas up in Scotland. He was £300, wasn't he? But he looked to have carried it well. You know, he, he, he didn't bad on him, did he? He just, he beat the crap out of Takam. It was like but, nip and tuck for two rounds. I and mean, then all of a sudden, Billy Nelson gave him a kick up the arse, sent him out and he, he, he was relentless. He could probably do with losing £10, but I didn't think he looked too bad with it, really. You know what? He did an exhibition with, um, who's the Scott, Nick Campbell, while well, that's one of Ian Wilson's dinner shows. And he did an exhibition with Nick Campbell about six, seven weeks ago. I'm sure he weighed less than he did the other night. <laughs> I'm sure about 19 stone for that. So there you go. But anyway, look, we'll, we'll crack on. The last I want to talk about, Steve, VIP, what's happening between now and the end of the year? Yeah, um, the bad news at the moment is that it looks like it could be the end of Jolly Boys, which have been doing for like 22 years. We're struggling to get a venue for that. So by the end of this week, if we've not got a venue, we're looking Liverpool or Manchester. Uh, there'll be no Jolly Boys in 2023, which will be uh, a big disappointment for us. But we've got Hull on Saturday night, which uh, a 10-fight card all, all uh, matched up now. We've got the, the girl matched up today, I believe, Steve. Yeah. And then um, I've just seen that uh, you know the, the Wigan card's looking quite good. And then uh, we've got... Monster shows December the second in uh, Blackpool, which today we've had uh, Brandon Diard pass to fight for the uh, vacant English Superfly. So him and um, 
Ben Norm will be contesting that and uh, I'm hoping for a great win and performance off Brandon then to start pushing towards the British, whether it's in fly or, or super fly. You know, he, he's more than ready for these tests, but he's got to prove it on December the 2nd in Blackpool. Then December the 9th in Bolton. Um, again, we've got a, a pack card, probably a couple more additions to make on that because if they're not doing jolly boys, these kids will have to get out. But uh, we're just looking for a good top of the bill on on there, and then uh, it'd be a, a welcome break for the for the new season. Have January off, and then we we're back with the central area in um, Liverpool in February. And then we've we've got obviously two shows a month all the way through the year, and they're nearly all penciled in, Steve. So um, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, Busy end to the season and then a bit of a break and then back bigger and better than ever. We've got, uh, I think, announcements to make in January of a bit of a changes in VIP, which I can't say yet because it's not over the line with solicitors, but uh, it's only going to be uh, of a big benefit, not just for me, but for all, all the fighters who are signed with us. Yeah, so you'll be looking to sign more fights. You were scaling everything. You know, when we had you on before the summer, Steve, you were scouting down. You were looking to scout down on the management. So, what what are you doing in that direction? Are you are you going to carry on managing now, or? Well, it looks like I'll I'll, I'll have to do. But you know, um, we'll be bringing in um, a, a bit a bigger team to take a bit of weight off me and concentrate on uh, the the brand and uh, hopefully pushing for something better than what we're doing now. But we we've gone back to live streaming all our shows, so. Uh, you know, we're going in the right direction, but the new the new year should see a big change for us. Yeah, John, anything yeah, I'm looking to add? Yeah, a couple of good fights. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Sonny Taylor this weekend because Sonny could be good, couldn't he? But I was I was speaking to him down in London. Actually, I sat with him for a good yeah, couple of hours yeah. recently, and I think he knows now it's time to it's time to get he's serious. Got, you know what? He's got Bags of talent. He's most probably got. He's got more natural ability than some. Like, this sounds stupid, and people will think I've had a frontal lobotomy. But if he lived up to his promise and delivered what we know he can, it'd be a nightmare for Bill and Smith. You know that. Yeah, he, he was down sparring. Um, he was down there at Bill and Smith. Uh, Jordan Thompson fight, and he'd been sparring. Oh, a couple of the guys in the Stonebridge Park gym at Wembley there, and he, he was he was fit and he was looking forward to it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Sonny and then Matthew Rennie and Moorcroft's a good fight. Oh, what a fight that is, Steve. You, that's going on Channel 5 card. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both up for it. And uh, as I say, when I put the VIP fighters together, we always like uh, go for the 50-50 fights where you don't know who's going to win. And this is definitely one of them, you know, um, Obviously, it's a big step up for Matty Rennie, but he's been asking for that for a while now and, and wants to test himself. And obviously, for Moorcroft, who's, who's coming off a loss, but he's still the mandatory for the English, you know, uh, he, he, he's obviously confident because he's, he's putting that position on the line by fighting uh, the fellow, fellow English kid for um, a 10-rounder. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, it's going to be a good fight, that one. Yeah, I'll tell you the one you do need to try and get to, John, if you, you can get on your motorbike and go up there to the Blackpool show on the second and catch yeah. Levi Barnes. I mean, there's a special yeah. talent there. He's the one that, you know, every, every, I think I've said to you, you know, every so often you see a fighter and he's the one that's caught my eye over the last few months. Yeah, I was going to come to the last one, but I had to, I had to work on a different show. But yeah, I'll definitely be at the next Blackpool show. 
All right. Well, that's yeah, brilliant. A lot of good young talent up there, and it's my favourite venue, the Winter Garden. So, because uh, you're packing it, Steve. Because you're not doing your ball of bollocks when you go there. You're packing the place out. <laughs> that, might, that might be why it's my favourite place, eh? <laughs> everywhere else, you know, you, everywhere else, you, you're in your pockets to the end of the night, and an old fiver pulls out. They don't print anymore. You go to Blackpool, mate. They've you, been you, in the folly where you go somewhere else and you give it back. Um, I'm full. I'm full of Jock Twenties when I'm coming home on there. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, thanks very much for coming on. John, thanks as always. Steve, thanks for coming on the subs bench. We'll get you back at Croffing. It's well, we'll get you back the first one in the new year or the last one before Christmas. And thanks everyone for watching or listening. The format's been different this week, but I hope it's been okay. We've entertained you for 25 minutes or so. Thanks very much, everybody. Cheers. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across and off, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.